Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, chart manager here at Billboard. Back in 2017, after a two-week flashback to 1987, the last couple weeks, 40 to 1 we went. Yes, we uh, we counted down the entire top 40 of the Hot 100, broke it down into uh, two parts. Also had special guests on each week. Uh, Gary, of course, had to, had to be fair and balanced and have tiffany on the first week and of course that means debbie gibson was on last week hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, some insights from them both 30 years on the billboard charts celebrating their their uh, chart anniversaries good stuff so we're back uh, this week uh, back to this week obviously uh, taylor swift's look what you made me do number one on the hot 100 this week uh, earns the top weekly streams and sales of 2017 for any song breaks the streaming record for a song by a woman so uh, we're going to get into all that uh, this week all the hot 100 news for taylor swift in the top 10 and we're going to ask the question will taylor swift be the artist of the decade for the 2010s which actually just came from a question you asked in the office last week i thought uh, that's a really interesting question. I thought it was clicky, so I figured let's let's make that key key to the podcast. Uh, and hopefully, there are a lot of clicks out there listening to this answer. Uh, hopefully, Gary's news judgment is on point. Um, yeah, I mean, it will be. It definitely is just something that just had to pop in my mind as we gear up for another Taylor Swift album cycle that um, seems to be following a lot of the successful formula of the playbook already. That's taken her to two album of the years, plenty of huge year-end honors on the Billboard charts, and of course, millions and millions and millions of records sold. So we'll get into that. We're also going to get on the phone, the old Taylor. We're going to call the old Taylor. I think she's going to answer. <laughs> I don't even know what this one's about to be about. This will be okay. We'll see. I don't think she's dead. If, if Gary's got it. the Gary's got the magic lifeline. So uh, that is coming up. Also, uh, really a big part of this uh, episode. It's this is uh, the real world stuff, the really important stuff. Uh, we're going to talk to three radio programmers in Houston about how their stations uh, and radio in general really is uh, doing all it can to help the community through Hurricane Harvey and its aftermath. And I know Trevor, you're from Houston, so uh, we'll we'll talk about that uh, when we get to that part of the show. But really want to just thank them for for coming on and telling us all about that. So that's on the way. And as usual, uh, as well, a, a flashback 
two. Good year of 1998. We got a, a nice Houston-related uh, throwback in particular, given given the situation going on. Something that hopefully a few people out there from Houston know and recognize from uh, the radio back in the day. A nice, nice Houston classic. All right. Right now, this week's Hot 100 Top 10. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. You know when the music stop, but come and strip that down for me, baby. Now there's a lot of people in the crowd, but only you can dance for me. So put your hands on my body and swing that round for me. Number 9. Number to this podcast for uh, the past couple of months, you will instantly notice that is not Despacito bringing, us, bringing up the rear this time. When I heard Despacito, the clip, I, I just assumed it was time to start talking again. It felt weird to have another song after that. Right. Uh, you you would have cut it off, but it's, it is time. It is it is a moment that uh, certainly, if no one else, the lambs have been waiting for. Uh, here we are. New number one this week on the Hot 100, Taylor Swift, uh, Look What You Made Me Do, as Gary mentioned at the top of the show. Um, key thing for a lot of people and why the lambs are so uh, so excited this week is it stops Despacito at 16 weeks at number one, at least for this moment. So Despacito, of course, last week tying the record, all-time record for the most weeks at number one on the Hot 100, along with Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men, One Sweet Day from 95 into 1996. And so Taylor is back. You know, we've been talking for a while as Despacito continued its its major run, got double digits, got to 12, got to 14, and a lot of times people were saying that maybe the only thing that can maybe the only thing that can stop it is a new song from Taylor Swift. Right. And 
whether she had planned this out, whether she heard your cries, she she came out, she saved the day uh, for those fans out there. And she's number one once again. Yeah, and it wasn't even uh, close. It was a two to one, uh, more than two to one points lead uh, this week for Look What You Made Me Do over Despacito. So completely takes over at number one. And yeah, it sets up the question for next week. Is it going to get a second week at number one or is Despacito going to come back and maybe break the record for most weeks at number one next week? Uh, yeah, still a little early to tell just from from early uh, from the early numbers this week. Um Taylor's song would really have to just fully fall apart, uh, which, you know, in second weeks, songs that have, uh, after that big first streaming and sales week, they sometimes fall. So it'll surely go down in points next week, but it has such a big lead and Airplay is still building that... And Airplay has particularly co- jumped up quickly oh, yeah. on this song. It's not even that this song is sort of languishing on there. I mean, this week it already jumps into the top 15 right. of radio songs. So, I mean, the, the, the attention is there. Right. And, you know, one of the songs that could challenge uh, at least upper reaches of the Hot 100, if not necessarily number one, we're, we're still working on uh, number projections, but uh, Taylor's other new song, Ready For It, the next song she's revealed from uh, Reputation. And Ready For It has been number one on iTunes for a good part of the week, so people out there ready to ready to snatch that one up as well. And interesting that she's kind of now teamed with this the promo opportunities that have come with, uh, I saw on ESPN a lot, during the weekend and ABC and all the Disney family kind of tied together that a lot of these um, promotional videos for college football have the song featured in it, soundtracking. So that gives it a huge exposure. Also, apparently she's playing uh, the halftime show at the college national championship. Yeah, right. That will be um, coming up early 2018. So whatever teams end up making it there, the game obviously draws a huge audience. So Taylor taking advantage of that as well. I didn't see any of those ESPN promos because uh, I was watching ESPN, but the Red Sox were losing so badly to the Yankees. I just couldn't keep watching <laughs> Sunday night. Well, you, you know, Gary's a Boston fan through and through. Uh, but somebody who was winning this week, of course, Taylor Swift, as Gary mentioned at the top of the show, having a huge sales week coming in with 353,000 copies sold. That is the best sales week for any song this entire year. So nine months in, smashing that record. Previously, Ed Sheeran had uh, the best sales week of 2017. Shape of You sold 240000 when it first showed up in January. So Taylor taking that by more than 100000 Just snatching that one from from uh, from friend Ed. Right. Hopefully it doesn't uh, hurt the friendship at all. I... I you feel like you know you feel like if Taylor Swift is your friend you've probably got to be okay with being second fiddle. Uh, also winning on the streaming front and even bigger moves there. Gary, you want to go ahead and let them let the people know just yeah. how big a streaming week we're talking. Right, uh, record week for a song by a female artist: eighty four point four million U.S. streams for the week. Uh, just completely blows past uh, the old record for a female artist Adele. Uh, Hello. 61.6 million in that, uh, its first week. That surprised you that it, that it not only not only did that but also did that to that degree. Not really, especially when you think of how that was uh about 2 years ago and streaming has just continued to grow in 2 years. So, uh yeah, not entirely it's just been so much buzz for uh how Taylor was going to come back. It, nothing leaked. It just uh the way you could hear it Friday night at midnight when it came out was to go stream it. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't really that, that surprised. Were you? I, I kind of was. I mean, 80, is a, 80 million is a lot. And I know it's kind of lined up perfectly with, I mean, it's on all the platforms. And there's been much to be made from the last album about her war with Spotify in particular. And a little trouble with Apple Music there for about a day and a half. Um, I mean, 
two videos does help as well. I mean, she had the the lyric video out the same day as the song came out, and right. then a few days later followed up with the music video, um, which is one of, I mean, certainly one of her most talked about videos because it has so many so many little uh, Easter eggs and references and sort of you know takedowns that I think a lot of people weren't expecting. Maybe maybe didn't think that Taylor Swift had this same kind of you know. Like gotta see it. Yeah, it's it's a mini movie. It yeah, really, really is. And no, that's a, that's a good point. You you made that uh, earlier in the week on, on Facebook Live that maybe that's helping uh, drive streams because you want to keep going back and see what you maybe missed. As some reference to ooh, she's dissing that person too. Yeah, and I I was even watching some of those because of course the nice thing about those kind of things is that they always generate the reaction videos. And I saw some of some of them uh, over the past week, and there were some Easter eggs in there that I didn't even realize. I mean, I don't know if you I don't know if you saw this one. Um, even in the graveyard at the beginning, when she's like, you know, is crawling out of the earth. One of the, do you, do you ever, do you notice what headstone is like, not, is like to the left of her on the screen? No. It's, um, she's killed off, I guess, Neil Sorberg, oh. whoever the alias, the alias that she, um, used when she was writing, this is what you came for, right. with Calvin Harris. That person is like in the graveyard on the left. I didn't even, you know, I wouldn't even pay attention to that. Poor Neil's. And then, yeah, Niels is Niels is dead. I mean, that's part of the whole Taylor makeover. And then, of course, the references like people have noted to, you know, Katy Perry with the Grammy crashing the car, um, the idea that she, you know, dominates and makes these, you know, the squad, her minions or right. whatever. Who are these robots? I mean, those those obviously are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty overt. But even some of the subtle ones, I mean, the attention to detail in the video is is top notch. Yeah, no, it's really smart in the streaming era to make a video that you need to keep watching. Or I'm not sure if she thought that, but it certainly works well for consumption and the charts. Yeah. I mean, even just one more I thought of. I forgot when she like does the sort of the formation video, the line that everyone was talking about when they saw that screenshot where it's like her and like flanked with the guys in right. the black. You notice they're all wearing I Love TS shirts. Flashback to when Tom Hiddleston wore that that shirt. Uh, all the paparazzi were, you know, kind of going crazy about that. So even, you know, even little things like that, it's... It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, the point being that things like that definitely would generate a lot more clicks as people watch it six, seven times maybe to try and catch all the references. And that is six, seven more streams. In any case, all that contributing to um, the record-breaking week of streaming. Second highest by any song ever. The only one other song has has eclipsed uh, Taylor Swift that you can go after. That is, of course... 2013 smash hit Harlem Shake by Bauer. Um, now, of course, as you guys know, a lot of that was driven by a lot of the user-generated clips, a lot of the viral clips that went around, whether it was, I remember, like, the swimming team at one of the universities had that underwater one that was that was viral. So, you know, I mean, it, the record is the record with Harlem Shake, but obviously uh, helped very much so by users, whereas this Taylor one is really just focusing on the artist and the song and their product. Maybe uh, if Taylor could have fit in one more reference in the new video, maybe something about Bauer. Maybe she should have uh, done something about that. Harlem Shake. Like, I need to tell Taylor Swift video tips. Can't hurt, right? All right. So all that this week on the Hot 100. Reputation. The album is coming November 10th. So we were wondering, we said this uh, at the beginning of the podcast, will Taylor Swift be the artist of the decade based on the Hot 100 performance, uh, Billboard 200? So a lot of uh, factors go into it. We figured we'd look... Uh, at who's been uh, the number one artist of every year so far this decade and uh, just kind of look at uh, what chances they have uh, going forward with with, uh, two and a half years left. Two years, three months or so, yeah. All right, so uh, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, 2010, Lady Gaga was the number one artist of the year. 2011, Adele. 2012, Adele again. Uh, 2013, Bruno Mars. 
2014, One Direction. 2015, Taylor Swift. And 2016, Adele, uh, third Artist of the Year win through the decade. And if we actually went back to 2009, Taylor Swift was Artist of the Year for 2009, but that doesn't matter. But that's that's, yeah. that's the old decade. And just so people know, it's not it's not as if you just, you know, the fact that Adele has been Artist of the Year three times, it's not as if right. you just add them up and say, well, she was Artist of the Year more than anybody. So that, that's not how it quite works. Right. But that's, that's a good point that of the seven years so far in the decade, 2010 to 2016, Adele has been the number one artist of the year three of those times. No one else has more than one, including Taylor. So we just wanted to look at that and, and see uh, who maybe has the best chances going forward, also factoring in uh, who will have new music out uh, in the next uh, next couple of years. Certainly. So uh, if you go back to 2010, uh, Lady Gaga, I think it's pretty clear at this point she you know, just kind of moved in a different direction from, from that huge beginning she had in uh, 2009, 2010, when she was just totally ruling pop. Uh, she's you know, kind of segued over to the Tony Bennett uh, music and, and just hasn't had the same impact on pop. So I think it would it would be surprising at this point if she is uh, still in the running uh, for overall number one like she was at the beginning of the decade. Yeah, um, like you said, I mean, the numbers the numbers quite not there like they used to be. I still, though, will, will say that I don't think there's been a performer or, or any kind of artist who has captured the public imagination so quickly out of the gate like Lady Gaga did. I mean, you know, because everyone else, I mean, Adele's, even your Taylor's, like, I mean, they, they were at least one album deep, maybe two by the right. time they kind of made this mainstream push. I mean, I just remember looking back, you know, Lady Gaga really came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, Just Dance was obviously, uh, obviously number one hit and it, it put her on the radar, but it was really Poker Face, I think, that solidified her to that next level. And then instantly it was like, uh, uh, you know, Love Game and Paparazzi and Bad Romance. Right. I mean, all those coming out within the same year, it was like, she just arrived as a fully crazy. formed entertainer, too. It was uh, the costumes and just the whole image. So yeah. It was fun. And, and pop music was really at a high point back then. Uh, it really come back after hip-hop had been yeah. so huge for, for most of the 2000s. So, uh, and those were just, yeah, such great songs uh, out, of the, out of the gate. And she was the, a, the pop star that I think people, a lot of people really were looking for. Maybe Beyonce is the only kind of comparable example, but someone who sings their own, sings very well, not even just, you know, is up there kind of, you know, not lip syncing, not mouthing, but sings well, writes their own material, has a full package. I mean, she can really, you know, deliver it all. I mean, the MTV VMA's performance, paparazzi, still one of the best to this day. Uh, so we mentioned, uh, we'll get to Adele uh, more uh, closely in a second, but we mentioned uh, Bruno Mars, number one for 2013. Uh, he's uh, he'll have another big year this year, having uh, come back. Yeah. Uh, so he's you know he's certainly in the discussion. So that's uh, Bruno. Uh, One Direction, 2014, as huge as they've been, we may not get another album from them uh, this decade. We might, we might not. But so much solo success at this point, I think, would be kind of surprising to think that they're gonna. Uh, come back and take over. Although if they did, it would be a huge deal. If there was all of a sudden new music from them. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you know these things lend themselves better to tours and and or award show performances or something like that. I mean, a full album, such an effort from all five of those guys. And then, then you wonder if he, would it even be all five? You know, would Zayn come back? Uh, and of course, like you mentioned, I mean, no matter what they ended up doing, it would be a massive, massive movement. But we really haven't seen. I mean, a lot of these groups who sort of disband in this in this way come back together for any for any kind of album. I mean, the Backstreet Boys were a pretty rare exception when they had the 2005 album, but you know. So, uh, so those are all in the running. There's three other acts I, I think are, are worth uh, discussing as well who we haven't mentioned yet uh, for possible biggest names of the decade. But just a Taylor versus Adele, it's really interesting. We said how Adele 
has three titles uh, in the 2000s for number one artist of 2011, 2012. It's all based off uh, the 21 album. Just had uh, two years where it was that big. And then 2016, last year, she was the number one artist of last year. Uh, so she's been the number one artist of the year three times so far this decade. Uh, but in the other years, 2010, 13, 14, and 15, she didn't rank in the top 10. So it's kind of been all or nothing. When she comes around, she's huge, but then she takes these breaks. Whereas Taylor Swift was the number one artist of 2015, but uh, we looked at the top 10 every year of this decade. Uh, other than last year, she didn't rank in the top 10. 2016, kind of a, a quiet, almost off year for Taylor. Uh, before that, this was her ranks for overall artists of the year, 2010 through 15, 2, 8, 3, 2, 4, and then 1. So almost every year this decade, she's been in the top 5 or the one year in 2011, top 10. So Adele has been number 1 three times, but for those other four years, she didn't rank at all in the top 10. Taylor Swift has been one uh, for one year, 2015, but in all those other years, other than last year, she plays pretty highly. So just based on that, you can kind of see without getting too deep in the numbers, that consistency is probably going to really help when it comes to the end of the decade. Plus, the new album hasn't even come out yet. It'll really raise her numbers for this year and probably have hit singles into next year. So you can almost put 2018 in there as well for Taylor, and then, then it's just up to 2019. Well, of course, that also begs the big question of, you know how many more Adele, how many more albums will Adele put out this decade? Right. Um, because, like you said, I mean, when she puts one out, it becomes this massive moment that really overshadows everything, and it's gotten her to number one every, you know, without fail, really this entire decade. So, you know, of course, people will be, people will be wondering. Um, and given the last album came out in 2015, do you think there's you think there's plenty of time for her to put out a new album? I mean, 2018, maybe early 2019. Of course, she puts it out in late 2019. That kind of, you know, is game over in terms of helping her out that decade. But maybe at the end of 2018, maybe. Um, I see you have written down here that it could be 28 or 29. I was going to say, we have the headlines written already. Will but, it be called 28? Will it be called 29? You know, well, Adele said last time, she said she might just call the next one just Adele. Right. I think she's done with the, the number trifecta, um, though it obviously has served her quite well. And three other artists, certainly worth uh, bringing up uh, for just a huge decade they've had so far and and continue uh, to be having. Uh, Rihanna, Justin Bieber, and Drake. Uh, Rihanna has been uh, in the top 10 in 2010, 11, 12, 13, and 16. She was number two for both uh, 2011 and 2012 behind Adele both years. So she just kind of ran into Adele both of those years. But she's had that consistency. Uh, Bieber has had four top 10 finishes. He was number two last year, uh, also behind Adele. And uh, Drake, four top uh, 10 finishes. He was number three last year. And you figure Drake is going to have more new music this decade. Bieber, sure. new album on the way. Rihanna, uh, she's been so consistent. So I, I, I kind of wonder if those are the five artists we're going to be looking at as the top five for this decade when, when we get to 2020. Taylor, Adele, Drake, Bieber, and Rihanna. I mean, those are all all very solid picks. Um, I mean, I, I think Rihanna in particular is an interesting case because so many you know so many projects out there, so many features has kind of slowed down the, the trajectory of the albums that she put out quite not quite as often lately. Um, but I think in terms, especially with she keeps these features up, and we see how big Wild Thoughts is. We see how you know if she collaborates with anybody and everybody i mean on, on the kendrick album um i mean i'm sure some new tunes probably with uh, some of her go-to partners drake on his next album most likely um you could see maybe even jay-z or whatnot so you do enough collaborations i mean they add up the same way and uh, just looking back to 2010 
uh, how long ago it was at this point. Black Eyed Peas were number seven. Fergie has now left the band. Yes, Fergie is no longer no longer a a, a permanent P. And uh, Kesha, who's back on the charts now, obviously, but she has since lost the dollar sign from her name. She ha- times have changed. December two thousand nineteen. We'll find out we'll the put a pin in it. We'll, we'll find. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, our first our first guest on the phone. Should we try to get the old Taylor? Okay. Give Red, it. Should we should we call the old Taylor and see if if she's alive? I. <laughs> maybe it's changed since the video came out. Maybe May- she's not dead. Maybe she's been resuscitated. Maybe they some great CPR and a good heart surgeon can right. can make it work. Let me let me dial here. Let's, let's see what. Uh, okay. Ooh, I think she's gonna pick up. Ready? of Better Man by Little Big Town proving to me that the old Taylor is not dead. Boo. Is that a letdown? Uh, Expecting. Ooh, Gary. Gary, you gave him a, gave him a clickbait headline and God, now you got to pay up. No. Well, earlier this year in February, uh, Better Man, written by Taylor Swift, had two weeks at number one on the country songs chart. So that's just a few months ago. And that to me is totally the old Taylor, that's a song that she would have had on her first or second album, country ballad, and and just lyrically, too. It's more that in the head of Taylor Swift, uh, the relationship type song, which, you know, now she's doing songs more about, you know, who, who's wronged her. You know, it's always been a part of her uh, fr- sound from the beginning, but it feels like we're not getting those same type of, of love songs, the really uh, analytical uh, relationship type songs. So if she's saying uh, that's dead, I I just I respectfully disagree with Taylor that just a few months ago we got a song that was totally the old Taylor. Uh, also, an interesting sense of timing right there. She also got a nomination for the Country Music Awards. We saw for this particular song. Maybe some folks are hoping she might show up and perform. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, that award show is in early November, which will be the same time, maybe the same week. Right. As the album comes out, so maybe Nashville and Taylor Swift aren't over just just as soon as people. Uh, maybe Nashville and Taylor Swift aren't as over as people think they might be. Right? Who knows? I'm just I'm, I'm just speculating, but I think that's that's interesting. Uh, I have a number I can call. I'll try to find there it. You, there you go. Give uh, give New Taylor a call too while you're at it. And you know it it really uh, you know just kind of shines a spotlight on some of the biggest acts ever have had these old first new sounds you go back to the beatles you listen to something like she loves you that's totally different than uh stuff they were doing in the late 60s and you know sort of an early version of uh the old taylor is dead in in all you need is love they put in that little clip of uh, she loves you at the end sort of that little wink and nod at how our sound is, has totally changed so the beatles have done that elvis you know early elvis was different than than later elvis when he went into gospel and country and we mentioned gaga before she started doing pop and dance and, and the most recent stuff we've heard uh, from her in, in recent years other than uh, her uh, the joanne album but uh, the tony bennett uh, music so some of the biggest stars they're they're creative they don't want to be boxed in it's just where the creative mind goes you wind up with all these different sounds and you know it's really up to fans to pick and choose whichever you like so it's part of uh, music history what taylor's doing right now in terms of uh, the way her sound is changing a little bit even more on this album 
Uh, on to uh, the stuff, again, that uh, really, really is, is so much more important, uh, what's going on in Houston this week. So we're going to talk to uh, three programmers uh, right now here on the podcast of uh, talking about just really how radio can be so important uh, at a time uh, when a community really needs it. It's what radio has always been about, and it's really getting a chance to show that uh, right now uh, with uh, all the uh, devastation going on in Houston. Just real quick, Trevor, you're from Houston. Uh, your family okay? Everybody okay I'm, back I'm in Houston? Not, I'm not getting interviewed, Gary. Um, yes, I am from Houston. Um, as you know, as far as I'm aware, every, everyone is, is doing okay. I mean, it's been, you know, at this point, it's been a little while since, since most of the, the terrible devastation has come through. Um, and I think from what I'm just seeing from, from friends and posts on Facebook, things are st- slowly but surely starting to settle back into a little bit of normalcy. People certainly anxious and eager to get out and kind of do things that they're used to doing, resume their, their normal lives. Um, the sun shining for the first time in a while, getting to be kind of warm. So, uh, hoping to get some of that water dried up as well. But, uh, yeah, in general, I mean, we made it out. Okay. I know plenty of others, uh, did not. And, you know, hopefully they're, they're able to, to, uh, recover quickly and and get back on their feet. All right. So we're going to talk to uh, two uh, groups of uh, programmers and then we'll start with uh, Johnny Chang at the Cox Media Group. They oversee uh, three stations. So it's really nice of Johnny to uh, take a few minutes as you'll hear. He's just been totally uh, hunkered down at the station uh, for about that first week after the storm hit and uh, we talked to him last Thursday. So uh, that's uh, when this is uh, timed in terms of uh, weather. But uh, Johnny Chang on the Billboard Sharpie podcast talking about how radio is helping Houston get through everything right now. Johnny Chang, Cox Media Group Director of Operations. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Billboard Chuppie podcast on what has to be a, a crazy time here. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a little nutty here in Houston. Um, it's been a crazy uh, week, and uh, it certainly looks like uh, we'll be dealing with the after, aftermath of this uh, storm months, if not years. Right. So just so people know, we're, we're taping this on August 31st. It'll run a week from now. I heard the sun actually has finally come out for the first time after just days of, of nothing but torrential rain, right? Yes. Uh, weather started getting bad. Uh, we started feeling it Thursday night, early Friday morning. And then uh, Friday night was landfall. And then it, ever since then, it was just nothing but uh, rain, he- he- sometimes very heavy, sometimes not. This was not a wind hurricane, at least certainly not in Houston, so we didn't have that kind of uh, issue. But it was just uh, the nonstop deluge of rain. And, uh, yeah, but y- yesterday sun came out, and the worst is over, I'm glad to say. Um, I'm looking out my window right now. Uh, you-, you never guess anything happened to the city. I mean, it's beautiful blue skies and everything. Um However, uh, in the areas that were hit hardest by the rain, by the flooding, um, it's it's a long ways to, uh, until normalcy for them. Um, it's going to take a long time for the waters to recede. But we're still still dealing with all the levees and so on. There's a lot of reservoirs that um, you know we're hoping the water will go down and uh, not not spill further into neighborhoods. Yeah, and if we have uh, any listeners out there in particular who are familiar with the Houston area, where where exactly are you guys uh, based in the city? The stations are in the area. Uh, technically, it's uptown Houston, but everyone calls it the Galleria. Uh, so we're about you know, 15, 20, 20 minutes away from downtown. So we're in the heart of the city. And this area 
we, we fared well. We fared uh, very well. Um, but uh, the hardest hit area is probably the Fort Bend County, which is southwest of the city and where the Brazos River runs through. And a lot of neighborhoods there are underwater, as, as well as other parts of north of Houston as well. So, Yeah, I'm actually I'm from Houston myself, so I actually uh, I know that area okay. pretty well. And I, I saw actually some of the images, like even 610, I mean, right there, probably not far from you guys, you know, the freeways were in particular just, I mean, just like pools of rain really collected. Oh my God! Yeah, it's uh, there's certain parts, and you know, it, it's uh, in the heart of the city. Um, there by the, the Buffalo Bayou, you know, cuts going towards downtown. I mean, that was filled all the way up, and um, you know, f- for uh, three days, all the walkways, all the bike trails, <laughs> the, the neighboring roads, you couldn't see it. And last night, I was driving around a little bit, going to check on a friend, and uh, we went by uh, Beltway Eight by I-10, which is just towards the west of the city right and not that far out and the beltway was a lake i mean it, it, it's incredible it is you, you're standing there you're looking at the freeway and the only thing that's popping up above the water are the freeway signs mm. you know yeah wow. yeah yeah and and that's a major artery you know for, uh, for this for the city so yeah it's uh we, we we've got the, a lot to deal with uh in the upcoming months so much, uh, so many serious things about this. But there's sort of a funny quote you had for another billboard story. How you said that uh, you've, you, you and the staff have been at the station pretty much nonstop. You, you said you've you've gained ten pounds eating uh, unhealthy food <laughs> that you guys had at the station. You didn't have anything else? Pretty much. I mean, one one good thing about a storm is you get a little bit of a head note, uh, heads up on uh, when it's coming. You know, I'm I'm from California, so you know I'm used to earthquakes. It just it happens. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, we stocked up. Uh, we stocked up uh, from Costco and Sam's Club all the food for the staff, and then um, we got hotel rooms for for the on-air staff, uh, social staff, and um, we we started getting hunkered down um, uh, Friday, and uh, most of the content team was up here with me, so we stayed at the station from Friday night, and it wasn't until last night. Last night was the first night since Friday that I got to sleep in my own bed. So you were at the station for about a week straight, not not leaving at all. Pretty much, yeah. I slept on my couch, yeah. And and my you know my my team, my jocks, uh, we got them hotel rooms across the street, so they they got they got to go across the street at least rest up, shower and whatnot. We have you know a couple of meeting rooms here at the station that uh, that we du- doubled as uh, bedrooms, so. Uh, we, we were well taken care of. <laughs> so uh, how does programming change in, in a time like this? Are you still playing music? Did you cut in with, with news? And even if you are playing music, the whole tone changes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, things started changing Friday. Uh, and, yes, we made the decision. Well, I mean, again, everything was fluid. So initially we turned all of the basically all talk positions, all talk content on the station, all social content on the stations became information, weather information. So, so everything else, you know, normal, pro, normal programming and whatnot was thrown out the window, but we made the decision to keep playing music. KKBQ, the new 93Q, which is a modern country station, KGLK, which is the Eagle, 
on 106.9 and 107.5 simulcast. It's classic rock, and uh, we have a classic country, KTHT, Country Legends, so on 97.1. So we have three stations, and all three we staffed up to be live and local 24-7, and, um, but we kept playing music. But we broke in, I mean, you know, anywhere from, depending on the, the hour, anywhere from four to eight times an hour with information. The jocks have free reign to pull whatever imaging, whatever station element they, they needed to pull to jump on to give information. Did you feel that uh, keeping with music, uh, for the most part, uh, provides a little normalcy? I mean, maybe it's comforting for people uh, with, uh, with everything going on? Absolutely, and that was the overwhelming factor because we, we, we you know, that that was a big deal. We, we we talked about it. I talked about it with my market manager, with my VP of programming, and and the biggest factor was that the storm for Houston, at least, was not a wind event. It was a rain event. So it, it, the the winds never got too strong. So we weren't dealing with that kind of destruction. So it was rain. And we knew it was going to be flooding, so we thought it would be best if we kept playing music. And in fact, you know what? Throughout the weekend, we had a whole bunch of social posts and people calling in and saying, thank, thank you. <laughs> no, no joke. I, you know, I was getting ready for any kind of – if there was going to be any potential backlash, I was kind of getting ready for it, and we, we could pivot on a dime. But we were actually getting quite, a, quite positive feedback from our listeners that, hey, thank, thank God you're still on the air. You know, thank God you're still playing music. Yeah, you know, my family, who's who's down in Houston right now, I think that that's a great point about it not being a, a wind hurricane, but, but a, so people aren't, you know, dealing with broken windows or those kind of things. I mean, a lot of people are just right. really exactly. stuck yeah. in their homes, and they have, you know, nothing to do. I mean, I mean and so this is a great exactly. escape for them. You hit it, you hit it, you hit it perfectly on the nose. That 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 was the overwhelming overwhelming factor that that we took into consideration. Yeah, I also want to ask. Um, I know, um, sort of radio had a response back in 2012, and, and the Newtown um, the Newtown incident that happened at the time. Uh, Kesha's song "Die Young" was really popular, and I know a lot of radio programmers. Um, pulled that song just because of, of of what had happened. Were there any songs in particular that you guys avoided playing, or any songs that you sort of added to the rotation, whether they were Houston-based songs or, or happier songs? Did you change the lineup in any kind of way based on the situation? We, we, we didn't add anything. We didn't change anything. We, you know, it's certainly on um, on KGLK. We were real careful not to play uh, the Scorpions' "Rocky Like a Hurricane." But that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, on KKBQ, we know this is a song by Luke Combs called Hurricane, but we kept playing and no one said anything. I mean, you know, obviously the song's not about, you know, the weather. <laughs> well, this is one of those times where uh, you always talk about uh, you know, radio really shines and times when the community really needs that. And it's it's always said that that's something that radio uh, can really uh, be comforting when uh, when something like this happens. Absolutely. It, it, it's during times like this, you know, and it, 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 radio is still supremely relevant. In times like this, we're the only ones. I mean, you know, it, people lose power. They're not watching TV. They, they, we are the ones helping them through this. Hell, we're helping each other through this. 
you mentioned at the top, uh, we started chatting about how this is really just the beginning of what's going to be a really long uh, recovery period. What, in the short term and long term, uh, how do you see the stations uh, you know, being uh, helpful in the community going forward? Oh, absolutely. It's um, we right now we're already working on. Um, well, first we already on you know everything on the air is about relief. Everything on air is about uh, you know helping you know going going to, to a Red Cross and so on. But we're we're um, working on a cluster-wide uh, two-day broadcast for next week to raise funds uh, for relief efforts, and uh, I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. I think regular programming in terms of promotions and morning show benchmarks and that kind of stuff, uh, we will not be touching that stuff for weeks because I think the next few weeks all we will be doing is, one – the mark the, the city will still be assessing damage because there are lo- thousands of people who probably won't even be able to get back to their neighborhoods until next week until the water is received right. to a level where it's safe for them to get back and so i think from a radio perspective we will be doing weekly relief efforts you know raising funds telethons or whatever radiothons Initially, it's obviously for the folks who have been displaced, the folks who need things, but then there are other things that you need to think about. You know, we need to take care of the first responders, you know, who've been out there working their tails off, putting themselves in danger for our communities. And we need to think about all the animals that need help. You know, people tend to forget that sometimes. I'm sure we'll be reaching out to SBCA Humane Society and a lot of local rescues and whatnot and so on and so on. There's there's going to be so much to do. Radio uh, can can help so much in times like this. So uh, really just thank you for taking a few minutes, uh, Johnny, in in the middle of of everything, just just to chat with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. uh, Johnny Chang on the Billboard Chappie podcast from Cox Media Group, uh, overseeing the stations there in Houston. Let's uh, let's keep it in Houston. We also got uh, on the phone from Radio One uh, programming team of Terry Thomas and DJ Riddler. Uh, Again, uh, same uh, kind of thing, talking about how radio uh, is so key to uh, helping a community with uh, information and and companionship uh, when a community really needs it. So uh, we'll keep it uh, here uh, talking to Houston Radio right now. Terry Thomas and DJ Riddler from Radio 1 on the Billboard Choppy Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. I feel like this is one of the times where we can say this. We're talking to one of your competitors in Houston, Johnny Chang, over at the Cox Media Group stations. This feel like one of those times when uh, th- those uh, competitions between radio groups kind of lessens a little bit and you guys all come together for the community. I mean, I think radio is at its finest. Uh, I mean, this really shows, uh, unfortunately, tra- tragedy reminds the larger community, uh, the industry, as a matter of fact, why live and local radio matters. So I think for all of us, you know, uh, in the marketplace, we're, we're all stepping up, uh, seeing what our listeners specifically need, because we all service various parts of the Houston community and making sure that we're taking care of those needs. So, you know, we're just thinking about going out and making sure that um, we get help to where people need it the most. I mean, people are still being rescued at this point there's still areas that are very much flooded people are shut in uh it's a pretty hectic situation here in houston it sounded like uh johnny and his team uh were have been at the station for about a week straight you guys have been been uh at your stations too right 
Yeah, we've been here since Friday, uh, since Friday morning at 5 a.m. Thursday when we heard, you know, it looked like it was seriously getting ready to hit. You know, I went out, we got supplies for a small team that would be staying here at the radio station, literally camped out. And, uh, you know, Mad Hatter and some different folks uh, here, you know, at the station had a team of six that stayed up here with me, uh, including my dog, because they had nowhere else for him to be. So he was with me, which is the best place to be. So, um, you know, we just stayed on the air and uh, Riddler wasn't able to get here. He's got small children and uh, his mother-in-law and his wife at home, but he worked from home. Uh, God bless technology. This is one of the things where technology has really been a benefit and, and helped a lot of us in radio because our traffic people were able to get in remotely from home. And uh, Riddler was able to get in remotely from home and, you know, keep a Radio Now team updated on the air as well. What are some of the ways we always say how radio is so great uh, when something like this happens? But what are some of the specifics? Like, what does radio actually uh, do to help uh, people through uh, something like this when this happens? One of the things that came uh, came to fruition here in Houston uh, was really neighbors helping neighbors. Our first responders were amazing, but as you can imagine, completely um, overwhelming the 911 lines. I mean, you know, resources were stretched to the thinnest. So what happens in those cases? Well, you know, the good people here in Houston, good people in Texas, and we had even the Cajun Navy, which are just some regular guys and gals from Louisiana who have boats you know, came into Houston. And so where radio comes in is we were able to connect people with people and provide help. So if you were stuck in your home, you know, on the roof or whatever the situation was, we could put the call out there and basically connect citizens with citizens and, you know, able to get people help. And so that was a huge part of the effort. And that's a huge part of why radio matters. That's why it's important to be, you know, live and local. That's that's why radio is is important. It's just important. Nobody else can do it like radio can in that way. And to further add to that, uh, as well as being on the air, being able to obviously give important information, we used our social media to directly connect with the listeners and give them the information of how they can help other people stranded. Uh, Terry, you can probably vouch for this. You had some of your own staff doing that on social media. Yeah, I've got I had staff members that maybe couldn't get here but um were doing a lot uh connecting people there were people stranded asking for help, people that needed milk, there was, you know, people with babies. There was there's been some births during this whole thing where people, you know, were in labor needing some assistance. So social media has also been a huge factor and you know, we're very aggressive with our social media here. So, you know, having the following, you know, the numbers like on some of our following for some of our stations is pretty robust. So, you know, we were also able to use that platform and our our team was using social media platform to, to do that, you know, finding out where help was needed. And then, you know, people just opening up assistance. So somebody may, their house may be okay. So they were opening up their house to people so we could help connect them and get the word out, you know, for even things like that. And there's there's a graphic that we posted on our social media uh, was talking about, you know, watch watch Houston, watch Texas, show the rest of the country and the world what it's like for people to come together. Because there's a lot of discord and a lot of strife going on in our in our country. And, you know, that's been prevalent in the news. It's unfortunate that a natural disaster uh, is something that it takes for people to be reminded that we have more in common than we don't. 
and why people need to put aside differences of race or sexual orientation or religious beliefs and understand that we are all of the human race and come together. We have way more in common than we don't. So, you know, there's proud Texans here and certainly there's a spirit of, you know, we are strong, we will survive, and there's an opportunity for Texans to come together and show the rest of the world what community can really be about. That sound right, Trevor, as a Houston native yourself? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, as, as, as a Texan myself, born and raised, uh, yeah, that, I mean, Texas is, is a very friendly culture. I think a lot of people sort of misunderstand that, Houston in particular. Um, I do also want to ask, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, in the Houston area, like I said, I'm, I'm from there myself, um, you know, underestimated the, the severity of this storm and I think more than anything, the length of it. Did you guys, from your perspective, did you um, – expect that this would be happening i mean i think some people thought that maybe you know a day or two of rain would have happened and you'd be back to normal programming so how did your coverage or approach you know change as you saw this was you know carrying on for more days more and more people being affected and uh the end wasn't coming nearly as soon as people thought it might you know i think we don't think about it i think that you know we prepared because we always prepare i mean i've been here what 12 plus years um and i've been through this three other times in in Houston. So one thing I will say is we always prepare. When the, when the word gets out and it looks like it's coming, we make the preparations necessary. But when you're in it, you don't even think about you don't even think about it because you're just in the zone. You're in the mode of just powering through, gutting it out. And, you know, we don't really don't really think about it. I think the relief comes when, you know, you see a glimpse of sunshine and you're like, oh, wow. I just saw the sun come out and then you it hits you that you've been, you know, here on the air for five days with, you know, a two hour nap in between, you know. So I think that for us, we didn't think about it. We just said, you know, we just powered it out. We were con- consciously unconscious, I guess, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And so, like you said, you've been there for 12 years. So you were there probably during Hurricane Ike. I remember in 2008, yeah. uh, probably Hurricane Rita, the the great yes. I-45 nightmare that uh, any Texan I'm sure remembers. Um, so how did those experiences help you, you know, knowing what you're going in through with this one? Well, I think it just informs you to take it seriously because, you know, Rita was, was bad, but Ike was, uh, but it wasn't as bad as people thought it was going to be. And then Ike was devastating. And then, you know, Katrina was before that. And, you know, being in Houston, that greatly affected Houston because, you know, we became a safe haven. And a lot of folks from Louisiana, you know, we were providing shelter. And, and a lot of people ended up moving here and, 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 you know, and didn't end up going back. So it changed the face of the city and it changed a lot about the culture here. And, you know, it embraced that. I think that's also part of the reason why you saw a lot of people like the Cajun Navy from Louisiana didn't even hesitate. I mean, these are regular citizens that, you know, it's, it's almost like, a, you know, their version of a motorcycle club, except it's their Cajun Navy and they have these boats. I mean, they just mobilized immediately. So I think that the past experiences and, you know, just continues, you know, one, you take it seriously, you prepare anyway, because you just don't know whether it's completely unpredictable. And then, you know, we knew then, we knew years ago when we were going through that, what the community needed. And it reminds you, you know, in a day and age where everything is, you know, syndication and stations are going down to skeleton staff and it's like one live person and, you know, there's no other staff there or stations are, you know, because of the economics of our industry, you know, don't have a lot to work with. It's just really an exclamation point 
point on the fact that, you know, radio can be a difference maker. And the original thing for me, why I got in radio is the ability to make a difference in somebody's day every day. And, you know, this reminds you that radio, nobody can do it like radio. Nobody can. Nobody can connect those dots in the moment and connect people with people like, like radio can. And so it just always is a reminder when you're thinking that you see the industry shrinking and you see a lot of the opportunities fading away. It just reminds you why our industry is so valid. And of course, um, as you mentioned so many times, a lot of this is all, really all of this is really facing the community. And so what kind of community response have you seen? Um, have people been calling in more or are active on social media? You know, you mentioned also there's a, a pretty wide swath of stations from hip hop stations, R&B, pop. What's the, what's the general response been like? Well, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's, it's really since we were in the midst of it, I mean, the first night where it's it's in the fullness of the hurricane, it's a little quiet, you know, we're more in the giving out mode and reassuring people. And then, you know, as, as things start to happen, you know, people, they're picking up the phone, they're, they're wanting to hear a voice, they're wanting to know they're not alone. So I would say that the response from the community, you know, like we had a team go down to the George R. Brown yesterday and, and you know, kind of crazy but it's almost like oh my god it's mad hatter oh my god it's so-and-so oh my god it's so-and-so you know it's just you know for them and the you know folks are just happy to know that we're here and that you know they can count on us and i think that's you know certainly been a thing but um you know the community at large i mean there's a million people individuals and businesses that are stepping up to donate um you have people opening their doors you've got um there's a hotel here that that just said hey if you need somewhere to stay we've got you at no charge you know uber locally hey we'll give you free rides to a shelter you know there's been a lot of that so you see you know you see that thing happening and you seeing people calling in and saying hey you know i've got you know diapers or or i was able to find a store with this and you know can you connect me with somewhere that i can take it in fact somebody and i don't know who so i can't properly give credit but there's even someone who had the thought to come up with a way to create a text you can text your zip code to a particular phone number and they will text you back with what the shelter is in your area that either you can go to or that you can volunteer at. I mean, so somebody had to be thinking of that in order for that to even happen. So I think this, the community, I mean, I'm just proud to be here and I'm proud of the people here. And to further add to that, just before we had this call, uh, and you, I, you don't even know this, uh, I was taking lots of calls this morning during my uh, air shift, uh, which is still on. Uh, a local hairdresser, they are a, they are amassing a bunch of hair salon um, stylists to go over to George R. Brown convention to give people haircuts and 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 you know take care of people while they're out there. So we've been getting a lot of those calls, and, and like like uh, Terry said, people just wanting to help. And I think the other thing too is that you know. People have been calling us locally from other radio uh, and from other, you know, places in the industry. So Michael Bivens from Belle Biv DeVoe, I'm from Boston originally, so there's definitely that East Coast connection for me personally. But he immediately, he's been checking on me every day and, and, you know, been on the phone with him over the course of the past two days. They're doing a benefit in Boston to benefit Houston. Uh, Belle Biv DeVoe is putting that together. And then you have other radio companies, um, you know, that are doing something 
to to help and you know um, we're even doing an effort between our sister stations in Dallas and Houston we're doing DFW to H Town where they're mobilizing as we speak you know creating uh, donation locations and we've already identified locally a place for you know those donations to go we're working with the Houston Independent School District on the first round of uh, immediate relief. So I would say that radio and even non-Radio 1, I mean, these folks are not Radio 1 folks except for our sister stations in Dallas, but you know, someone in Birmingham, there's Pennsylvania, there's various people across the country, there's DJs. I've got one of my DJs, uh, GTs, he's had DJs from across the country PayPaling him money so he could go out and buy supplies to take to shelters. I mean, it's 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 a local effort it's a statewide effort and then you just see people opening their hearts from across the country and finding ways to to make a difference and to get help to people individually sometimes if you really step back and look at just how people have opened their hearts i mean it can be a little overwhelming because sometimes when you're going through a disaster you need to be reminded that you matter. You need to be reminded that somebody sees you. And, you know, I think that that is definitely coming through on this one. While we have uh, you guys here in this it totally pales into importance level of anything else, but since since you guys have the Top 40 station, KROI, and in the interest of normalcy, can we ask you one one music question about the station? Yes. <laughs> the, the new Taylor Swift song. Uh, huge week on the Billboard charts this week. You guys are playing it. What's your take on the song? I had it scheduled. As soon as I got it at 11 o'clock, I had it playing every hour um, when it, on the first day. But, you know, our uh, our audience, they love, they love the song. Is this going to be a Taylor Swift song that we'll be playing 10 years from now? I don't know. I don't know. It might be hard to get a gauge for us in this particular moment. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, for us, when Taylor Swift drops a record, you know, we, we get busy. I mean, it's you know, an event. It's an event for us. And, um, and she's earned that, you know, she's certainly earned that. Um, so we'll we'll see on this particular song what the longevity is. But I think the other thing just to note is, you know, Taylor is evolving. I mean, she's maturing as a, as a woman. And so um, she's going to stretch out creatively. She's going to try different things as she steps more fully into who she is and who she wants to be as a person. And so I would expect to continue to see the evolution of Taylor Swift, and that should and will be reflected through her music. And we've seen it with some other superstars, you know, like for another uh, Houston gal, Beyonce, for example, mm-hmm. who's you could certainly chart the evolution of what she's, you know, she's been doing musically as well. And I think we'll see we'll see that from Taylor. Fun just to talk music, right, for a few minutes. A nice little, nice little distraction with everything going on, right? Yeah, music is always a great, great distraction oh, for anything. That's what makes it wonderful. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Great to hear what uh, what everyone is doing. Not even just Houston. The people in uh, other cities, other radio companies. Everyone just uh, coming together. That's uh, the most important thing right now. So great to hear the the work you guys are doing and the continued uh, best of uh, everything uh, going forward. It's going to be a going to be a long time before things are back to to whatever normal might be. But great to hear how you guys are helping uh, that cause uh, move forward. Yeah. Best of luck, guys. Well, thank you. Terry Thomas and DJ Riddler on the Billboard Sharpie podcast from Radio 1 in Houston. We, we had to ask about Taylor Swift. Yeah, I like how you snuck that one in there, Gary. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they're aware, too. I mean, even, even in sort of times of crisis, you know, Taylor Swift is, is on the people's minds. 
All right. So really nice of uh, both uh, Johnny and Terry and DJ Riddler to, to take time from, as they were saying, you know, living at the station, living across the street. And and uh, it just, it's going to be a long time before uh, things really get back to normal in Houston. So, uh, again, uh, nice of them just to, to chat about that. And you know, one of those good things about radio, that yeah. it's, it's there for people. I thought it was a good point that was made that uh, when electricity goes out, as old-fashioned as it sounds, it is still completely true in 2017. You have batteries in your radio. That's it. That's all you need. That's I mean, and I almost wonder how many people even have sort of a portable radio or, or batteries to this day. Um, I'm sure probably the the, the sales are going to go up in the next couple of weeks as people start to recover from this. And hopefully, you know, not to get too morbid, but, you know, there's another storm out there that, that seems to be making its way westward. So um, hopefully, you know, wherever it ends up ends up landing, um, hopefully the devastation is not nearly to this degree and, and people are able to bounce back quickly. But um you know, I'm sure wherever it end up, ends up landing, that radio station and that community will will hopefully um, have the same have the same effect. All right, more Houston right now for our flashback this week on the Trappy Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. We were thinking about what to do this week, and it only felt right to kind of keep the the, the Houston vibe going. Um, and certainly, I think because you know, once these disasters kind of get off the front page of the news, people kind of think that oh, well. It's over, so we definitely want to send our thoughts to Houston. And in particular, hopefully we can lift some spirits out of anybody who's from the Houston area who may know some of these songs. You know, every kind of big city has a couple of those songs that that somehow, if you're from that city, you know and you love because the radio plays them so so often and they become sort of city anthems. But if you're not from that city, you may never have even heard of this. And you're like, where, where did this come from? I hadn't heard of this song. This is, yeah, this I know has got to be one of those songs. And we're going to celebrate uh, this flashback looking back. 1998, Lil Kiki. See, Lil was even a thing way back in 98. Lil Kiki and Southside. If you don't know this song, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'll be—I'll give you a break though. I mean, it was not you know the biggest hit across the board. Hit number 55 on the uh, Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart right. back in the day. But if you are from Houston, Texas, you know this song. You better know this song. If you don't know this song, lie to somebody and swear you know this song. And if you can do the Southside dance, if you know the Southside dance, get up and do it. This is Southside by Lil Kiki. Welcome to the um, Southside. Nah, uh-uh. I took the Southside of H-Time. You got a peep game, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm um, Texas from the South. And Louisiana from the South. And Mississippi from the South. Atlanta, Georgia from the South. That's why we doing the on South Side, the South Side, yeah, the South Side, the South Side, everybody do the South Side. Too good, Gary. All right, well, thank you guys for tuning in to another awesome week. It felt kind of good to do do the regular style again. It had been a while. Yeah, we had to dust it off, but I, I think we uh, we made it through. Yeah. So, um, of course, as always, be sure to tune in again next week. Uh, the big question on the frontier will be, is Taylor going to hold it down at number one with this song, or perhaps is ready for it going to going to make the big challenge and knock Taylor from number one herself? Uh, and of course, there are other plenty non Taylor Swift songs in the equation as well. I'm sure the Lambs and the Believers will be watching to see if Despacito can sneak back for a what an unprecedented 17th week at number one on the Hot 100. Right. Cardi B also. Holding strong in the top three once again this week with Bodak Yellow. So she's still definitely in the equation. And, um, I mean, at this point, you know, we're in such a surprise release game that maybe maybe somebody else just barrels through. I mean, there's a lot to be talking about. All right. We'll uh, find out next week. 
And uh, should we close with more Houston music, Trevor? We should. You know, I was, we kind of brought up a little Kiki right there. Um, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people are at least aware that Houston, like most southern cities, has a budding rap culture. And there are a lot there are a lot of uh, rap hit makers that have come out of, of Houston in the past, you know, 15, 20 years. One song in particular, um, Slim Thug got a bunch of those rappers together. And we're talking about Chameleonaire, Mike Jones, Bun B, Paul Wall, Zero, as we mentioned, Lil Kiki on this track as well. Um, a few others, and of course, R.I.P. to Pimpsey, who also features on this track. The song is called simply Welcome to Houston. And once again, we want to send our thoughts and well wishes out there. And we leave you with a nice collection of Houston's rap finest. Y'all take it away. We never seen a grind or that grind the way I grind, huh? Top on my drop, but it's missing a little samba. Candy painted with the gloss. You can hate, but that's the way a player flows. Still breaking boys out. Getting money's what I'm proud. I'ma get it while these haters just talk. Still breaking boys out. Gotta do it for the now. Gotta do it for my hustlers in the south. Still breaking boys out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.